and Zeke woke up because he knew like he heard everything that was going on and so at this time he kept saying like his thing was green which meant like a green monkey and so he asked if green broke my water and come to find out green was baby yoda (laughs) so kind of to think of so he thought that baby yoda broke my water welcome to the happy home birth podcast your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Do words really matter? I mean, you've got to give birth one way or another, so is the language that's used around your experience actually important? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 128 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we'll be speaking to Frankie, a mama of two and graduate of Happy Home Birth Academy. She had two very different perceptions of feeling during her experiences of giving birth, and we're going to hear what influenced that. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I would love to thank our reviewer of the week, Maggie Tuttle, who wrote, I love this podcast. As a fellow home birther, I love hearing other women tell their birth stories. Thank you so much, Maggie Tuttle, for leaving this review. If you would email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. And I would also love to thank this week's sponsor, and that is Baby Trend and the Cover Me 4-in-1 Convertible Car Seat. We just installed this into my husband's car, and oh my gosh, my daughter has been driving around in style. This car seat is so unique in that it addresses the number one complaint by experienced mothers, sun in your baby's eyes. The Cover Me seat is able to do this with its integrated canopy that offers height adjustability, ratcheting coverage, and side sun protection. The Cover Me has a usage rating from 4 to 100 pounds, so you can install it for your infant and adjust it as your child grows, from rear-facing to forward-facing all the way up to belt-positioning booster. It's got a recline system that allows your child to find a comfortable position, and it's designed to take up a limited amount of space, even in the rear-facing position. And it's got some super cool features that help make life easier for mom and kiddo, including a no-twist harness indicator, a no-re-thread harness, and a comfort cabin, which is its multi-layered padding system letting your baby or child feel snug and secure. So go to babytrend.com forward slash O-S-S-A and use the code COVERME20 for your new convertible car seat. All right, before we jump in, final thing, would you take a screenshot really quickly and upload it to your Instagram stories, tag Happy Home Birth Podcast, and let me know what you're learning from this podcast. All right, now let's jump in. Please remember the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and the show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Frankie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. You are a longtime member of our Happy Home Birth Facebook group. You are a Happy Home Birth Academy graduate. So it is so exciting to get to connect with you and hear your birth journey. So before we jump into that, would you just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Okay. I'm Frankie. I have two 
children, um, a three-year-old son and a six-month-old daughter. And my husband's name is Andrew. So we live in Maryland and I'm just a stay-at-home mom and my husband is a full-time worker. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. So let's kind of go back to the beginning, you know, pre-babies. What what led you to motherhood? Like, what was that journey like for you? Um, I've always wanted to be a mom. I just knew that I was going to have a bunch of kids. Uh, That was like, I didn't, I wasn't really ready to start dating when me and I had started dating and he was. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, here's the deal. I have two, uh, two things that I'm going to skip stick to. I'm going to have as many kids as God is going to let us and we are going to homeschool. If you're okay with that, then we can start dating. (laughs) And so he was all on board. (laughs) So um, yeah, he, uh, I've always wanted kids. That's amazing. So then what was it like getting pregnant that first time? So we actually got pregnant right before we got engaged. We found out right after we got engaged. I was kind of in denial. I knew, but I didn't want to find out till after we got engaged. <laughs> Love so, it. Um, <laughs> so I think I was like two months pregnant by the time we took the test. Mm-hmm. And um, I was scared to tell my mom and I wanted to tell her before I like found a doctor or anything like that because I knew she would have, because I hadn't, I didn't have a clue. I wasn't quite ready to get pregnant yet. So um, I finally told her and asked her her opinions on where I should go. So she gave me a couple, like she gave me an OB and then gave me a couple different um, ideas for a midwife. And so I had, I don't think I had ever even heard anything about a midwife. I mean, I probably had, I don't even remember, but I remember she was like, there's this one that's just a... uh, birthing center on its own or there's this one that's connected to a hospital and I was like oh yeah that sounds good but I definitely want the one connected to the hospital because I wasn't really worried but I again was still kind of in my teenager years even though I was in my 20s you know Mm -hmm. still young and didn't think my mom knew everything (laughs) so um so I decided to go to the one that was connected to the hospital So we went and I didn't like interview a bunch. I just went there, decided I was going to go there, went there. And they were definitely more of like an OB doctor kind of vibe. Like the appointments were 15 minutes long. I spent most of my time with the nurse and then the midwife came in and real quick talked to me for five seconds, asked if I had any questions. I never had any questions. So I was out literally by the time I walked in the door and walked out, it was like 15 minutes. Which I was kind of fine with because I've um, never really like wanted to sit and ask questions and all this stuff because I had kind of, I grew up around pregnant people my whole life. So I figured that I knew all there was to know. So I never really had any questions. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, that's how the midwife experience was. I think they had like five or six midwives in that practice. And so you would meet a different one every time. And, um, so I never really felt any connection with them. I just like, this was my doctor's appointment. I went and got it done and 
I never like did any of the checks or anything. I was still kind of pretty like uh, natural, I guess. <laughs> and um, and so the pregnancy was. I, I don't really enjoy pregnancy, so I felt pretty sick, but I don't remember details of his pregnancy. Um, I just remember feeling bled the whole time. I hated going to work and, you know, all the things. Um, actually, a girl at work uh, told me some, her daughter-in-law, she had just had a baby. And so she was telling me about placenta pills. And I was so grossed out. And I was like, I'm never doing that. Even though like I was into essential oils, but I was still living with my mom at the time. So I wasn't really like into the natural world on my own. So that just sounded disgusting. Never would do it kind of thing. And then the more she talked about it and the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, tell me, give me the girl's number. So I ended up like deciding to do placenta pill type things. So like I was getting more into like natural and like into my pregnancy but I still like thought I knew everything there was to know so I didn't really do any type of research throughout my entire pregnancy um uh the birthing center that we went to required that you did a birth class with your first pregnancy so they give you all these sources and stuff to read up on at your first appointment it's all these papers on papers on papers and it was stuff that I really wasn't interested in it wasn't really things that I didn't already know and so I didn't really look through them I kind of like skimmed through them as I was seeing what they were and that was it so in the sourcing they gave a um option for a birth class and I think they listed a couple but there was one that was associated with the hospital that I went that like the birthing center was connected to so I decided to go to that one and um, and it wasn't free. It was like $100 for each of us. <laughs> and I went there and the whole, like they started out like with a video, all these pe girls wanted to go natural. And then they, one of them decided that they wanted an epidural. And then the other one decided that they were going to get a C-section or the other one had to get a C-section and like, none of them ended up natural. So it was like every single person there wasn't planning on going natural. They didn't want you to go natural. And it was not like the kind of birthing class that I wanted. But like I said, I didn't think I needed a birthing class because I thought I knew everything. Wow. So, so it was just a fear mongering video, basically. Yes. yes. The, instructor, the instructor even said that you have never felt pain before. If you've broken a leg, that's just been uncomfortable. Birth is pain. You've never felt this kind of pain before. You'll decide that you want to go natural, but you'll probably end up not going natural. And what so on earth? Yeah. And like they did like dumb, like use this tennis ball to massage your wife's back. And like, they didn't really, and then do the <laughs> breathing. Like it was never anything like, how to go through labor because they didn't want to teach you how to go through labor. They wanted you to come into the hospital right when they wanted you to be there. That way they could hook you up and, you know, so that you would spend more money. <laughs> yeah. That is really disturbing to hear, you know, yeah. like, it's just like to think that I'm sure there are so many women that are choosing a practice like this. I'm sure there are many of them, but you know, they're choosing it with the thought of, okay, well it's midwives. So 
you know, I'm going to be able to have this natural birth that I want and it'll be in the hospital, but it'll be like a home birth. And, you know, and that just so clearly is not their prerogative. So this one was still the, in a birthing center. Mm -hmm. It was just in the basement connected to the hospital. So you still had like the bed and the bath and like all that kind of stuff, but you know, they were connected to the hospital. So they wanted you So the hospital wanted you to do all of their things. Ah, this class wasn't for the birthing center. It was for the hospital. Gotcha. I didn't think that that mattered because I just had to do, I had to check off a box. I was required to do this. So I did it. So then at the end of the class, they had a tour of the hospital. So of course, you know, it's these long hallways, this loud hospital, these bright lights, this tiny room with bright lights everywhere. And this super uncomfortable looking bed and, but it reclined <laughs> like, you know, the chair that your husband had to sit in, sleep in. And it did not like me and my husband are like, I'm so glad that we're not birthing here. Like, this is just even more like, uh, showing me that I want to not birth in a hospital. <laughs> and so, um, but I had still not toured the birthing center at this point. So at my next appointment, I was like, cause the birthing center is set up like kind of like a nice doctor's office. So the birthing rooms are, you go through this door and then there's the birthing rooms, but you don't go through the door to go to your appointment. Mm. So um, I had asked to go and see the birthing center and they were surprised that I hadn't yet. So they went and showed me. And of course it's this huge, bigger than a master bedroom room with this beautiful, huge bed and this huge jacuzzi tub and huge bathroom and nice lights like it felt homey and I was like yes this is what I'm doing I'm so glad I'm doing this this is exactly what I want so um so yeah that was pretty much like my pregnancy um I didn't really know my like I said I wasn't trying to get pregnant so I wasn't really tracking my cycle I knew the last time I had my period so we kind of just went off of my period um so you know my due date came and went and uh so right away like they weren't like everybody around me was talking because I had never had an OB experience so like people are like you haven't gotten checked I was like no why would I need to get checked and um they're not saying you should get induced now that you're 30 38 weeks or 40 weeks um no why would they and so the rule at my birthing center, since they were attached to the hospital, was you couldn't go further than uh, 42 weeks. So, you know, it was kind of like uh, nerve. I was kind of nervous that I was going over 40 weeks, but also not really at all. I wasn't doing any type of like natural inductions or anything like that. I was just going with the flow. I just wanted my body to do what it needed to do when it needed to do it. That way, I would have the easiest labor. Um. So yeah, at work, everybody was asking, oh, when were you due? Well, yesterday, well, last week. <laughs> so um, so the morning of the 13th, my due date was like, you know, I think the, the second, the first of February or something like that. So then February 12th, I had a um, another midwife appointment and that morning I woke up and thought my water broke 
And not that I felt any pop, I just felt a little bit of liquid. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's my water broken. We'll find out when we go to the appointment this morning. It was not my water, but since they were in there, they checked and I was three centimeters. And I was like, well, that means nothing. <laughs> and um, they said I was having contractions and I had felt like Braxton Hicks and stuff, but nothing that I thought were anything other than Braxton Hicks. And um, so we had to schedule my induction that day because I think that Wednesday or something, it was a Monday and that Wednesday or Thursday was 42 weeks, which I couldn't go past. So we scheduled to get, I don't know, they were gonna put something in me that softened my cervix on that Wednesday. And if I didn't go into labor by that Thursday, then we were gonna schedule an induction by then. So we scheduled the appointment to get whatever that softening was. And um, I still was kind of like, I'm not going to do anything. Maybe if I don't go into labor today, then I'll do stuff. So we get home and, um, you know, I, I mean, over the weekend, I had gone to the mall. I played Just Dance. Like I was doing things like that, trying to go into labor, but not like doing, uh, what's that, uh, Primrose. Mm-hmm. evening like, primrose oil yes so I had all these recommendations that I just wasn't doing um but I had them in my pantry in case I needed to um and so that afternoon me and my husband decided to have sex to try because the midwife was like well you know sex will help so we decided to and again like I said I was having like really strong Braxton Hicks but I wasn't thinking that it was anything. So I finally, like, I went to the bathroom and I texted my mom and I was like asking her, is this what it feels like? And she was asking questions back. I still didn't really think it was anything, but I kept going to the bathroom. And so then I finally realized, okay, maybe I'm having, maybe I'm actually in labor. So I started, so I went downstairs, told my husband, we started uh, tracking, um, and so I still wasn't worried about it. I just was tracking. I don't even remember what the uh, time frame was of like how far apart they were, how long they were. Um, we called the midwife to just let her know that, I don't know, I think they were like five, seven minutes apart. I don't remember at all, but I was super calm. And so I called the midwife. I hadn't met this midwife yet. That was one call. And she's like, well, try and take a bath, see if anything picks up while you're in the bath or if it slows down while you're in the bath. So I did. And while I was in the bath, I didn't have any contractions. So I got out and then went downstairs and they kind of started back up. So I called the midwife that I didn't have any during. I started having them when I got out, but I wasn't having any contractions while I was on the phone. And she wanted to kind of hear how I was during a contraction. But of course, I didn't have any. So then um, I, I think like all of this started at like 9, 9.30 at night. And, um, and so it was kind of annoying with the birthing center because you called the birthing center since it was after hours. They were like, if this was an emergency, call this number. So you called this number. Then you talked to this random person. They asked how many, like what number pregnancy this is. Um, how far along you are. They ask all this list of questions that you have to answer before they transfer you to the on-call midwife because the on-call midwife was up in the hospital for anybody who wanted a midwife in the hospital. Mm. 
So it was kind of annoying that we had to go through that each time that we called. Um, and I was just calling each time because, like I said, I wasn't really feeling like I didn't need to. And um, so the midwife kept, since I was so laid back, she seemed like I wasn't like ready to go in. And I was worried. I just had this thing in my head that if I went in and I was seven centimeters that I was going to have to walk around the freezing cold parking lot outside because everything was closed. It was nighttime and it was the middle of winter. I didn't want to walk around the parking lot. And, um, you were worried that if you were even seven centimeters, you would have to be walking around the parking lot. Yes. I don't know why this number, I was convinced I was seven centimeters. And if I was, I was going to have to walk through the parking lot. I don't know why this would not get out of my head. That was just the thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so finally, uh, I just kept saying I didn't want to go. And my husband, like, I didn't prepare him at all. So he was kind of freaking out, even though I was super laid back. Like, I remember I had this one contraction where I was just leaning over. I don't, I was sitting on the bed leaning over and he tried to talk to me and I just put my hand out because I didn't want him to talk to me while I was having this contraction. And we were living with his parents at the time. So he freaked out, ran upstairs, got his mom, which I didn't want. (laughs) She came down and she was like, you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, I'm not ready to go. So um, she went back upstairs and I had a few more contractions, but at that point he started kind of freaking out. So after time went by, I had no idea of time. He just started packing things up and uh, I was like, okay, I guess we're going to the hospital then. (laughs) So we get in the car and I had a few contractions in the car. Um, Horrible. (laughs) Um, I was, you know, (laughs) but wasn't even on the chair because I was just pushing myself off having these contractions. Thankfully, it was the middle of the night and we could go through back roads. So it only took us like 15 minutes to get to the birthing center. So um, the midwife had to unlock the birthing center. So she was waiting at the door till we got there. And so it took us, we told her it would take us about 15 minutes to get there. But then I got out of the car, had a contraction. We were I was like, leave the bags in the car. I don't think anything's going to happen. You can come back out and get them if we need them. But I had another contraction. And then we get to the elevator. I had another contraction. So the midwife called as I was having all these contractions. It was taking longer than 15 minutes. And I was like, I'm in the elevator. I'm on the way. So then um, I make it from the elevator to the inside of the birthing center. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take you into this room. And we're going to check you to see if I can admit you into the, um, then we'll go and sit in the room. Then I have a contraction leaning against the wall and she's like, "Never mind, this is real, we'll take you right in. <laughs> so she, she takes me in and she checks me and I'm nine centimeters. Wow. And so at this point I still like, I had no idea. Well, I'm nine centimeters, it could be you know another three hours. I have no idea. Um, she starts kind of like, frantically getting stuff around do you still want to go in the bath like I'm like yeah I would like to and she's like okay I need to call the midwife and the midwife that was on call like to come to the birth center lived an hour away so she's calling that midwife she's trying to get everything prepared and I'm just sitting there super laid back and I'm like can I get in the bath now and she's like yes go ahead so as soon as I get in the bathtub my water breaks 
Oh, and um and then I started immediately feeling like pushy and so she I kind of yelled to the other room calmly still but like so that she can hear me and um she's like go ahead if you need to push start pushing so um then her and my husband come in my husband's like making phone calls because I wanted my mom to be there but it's at this point it was two o'clock in the morning Mm. and um so I texted my mom on the way there but I again thought I was seven centimeters gonna have to walk around so I didn't rush anything so he calls my mom and my mom's half an hour away Mm. so um she immediately gets in the car and is rushing to the hospital and then um I you know I'm in the birthing tub and the birth the midwife comes over my husband comes over and I'm pushing and I won't forget how like the contractions were so hard and um during them but then as soon as the contraction would stop I would look over at my husband and smile and like it was all calm and blissful and then a contraction would come and I would be cussing and screaming and (laughs) so um at one point the midwife was like okay so she was like kind of massaging my perineum which I liked because then it felt like then I felt something other than the pressure of the baby coming out Mm -hmm. and um so at one point she said okay I feel the baby's head when the baby's head starts to come out it's gonna feel like what they call the ring of fire and so um so I'm you know then the contraction comes I'm on my back in the tub and the contraction comes and I'm starting to push out and I feel his head start to come but then I was worried and so I kind of like after the contraction ended I kind of like pulled him back in or didn't let him sit there because it was painful and then um the next contraction came and I was like okay I'm just gonna I know like I started to push and his head started to come out but again I started getting that feeling of oh my gosh this is painful I want to suck it back in but I was like well I'm gonna have to go through this again so just get it over with and push him out so I did screaming and cussing, horrible pain, you know, and um, then he was out, like his body came out right after. So I get there at two o'clock, I think it was 2.05 is when I arrived at the birthing center and I birthed him at 2.35. Oh, and wow. <laughs> I think it was like five contractions, maybe that pushes. And um so I pulled him out, put him on my chest and screamed, my baby. And it was nice. And um, then I got out of the tub. Um, I don't even remember time, but I remember I was like in this bliss of, you know, oxytocin high. And I did say to my husband, we're never doing that again. I'm going to adopt from now on. And uh, (laughs) um, that was the most painful thing in my entire life. And um, so I'm laying on the bed and I, again, I don't have any concept of time, even as this is happening. So she's like, okay, I think you're ready for the placenta to come out. And so she's kind of like tugging on the placenta and it's not releasing. And I'm just kind of laying there because I'm still in my bliss of like, I don't even know what's going on. I just had a baby and I'm so happy and all the things. And then, um, then she's like, okay, so it's not really coming. Are you pushing? And then I was like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be in 
pregnant, like birthing mode right now. So I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, so I'll push. So I pushed and then it pretty much came right out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the baby needed a nurse. So I put him on my chest and he left right away and it was amazing. Um, so then we stayed there for like three hours and then we went home and all slept in our bed and um, I remember I tried putting him in the bassinet and I literally just kept peeking up and peeking up and I was like okay no he's sleeping with us yeah so um then so yeah postpartum was kind of hard um I was super emotional but the placenta help uh pills helped a ton um and um like I said, uh, he nursed great, but you know, it was still hard because it's the first time you're nursing. And, um, I called a friend that was a lactation consultant and she kind of, she was like, if he's, cause I was worried that like he was nursing, he wasn't nursing enough. And she was like, if he's hungry, he'll nurse like that kind of stuff. So, you know, nursing was hard, but easy at the same time. And then, um, and then, I didn't do any type of like uh, postpartum prep. I um, just kind of, I started going to my mom's house right away. The only thing I did was they said um, that the midwife said that you should stay on whatever floor has a bathroom for three days because we don't want you to go like up and down stairs all day. Mm -hmm. But our floor didn't have a bathroom. So I had to stay in the living room all day long. And the steps to get up to the living room were so steep because we were just in the basement. And so they were super steep, a ton of steps. And so, um, and I like, just to stand up, it like took the breath out of me. And so to walk up the steps, it took me a long time. And then um, we had to go to a pediatrician, like a part of the midwives that were there, they required you to find a pediatrician pediatrician that signed off that they would see you um, mm-hmm. within like 48 hours of the birth since nobody came to the hospital to see you. Um, so not knowing then that I could have just not gone, <laughs> I went and <laughs> it was, I think the day after he was born and it was the worst. I was in so much pain. He was screaming and crying the whole time. I was still like learning how to nurse and I was in so much pain and um and so uh and so like I said I didn't do any uh postpartum prep I went we went to Hawaii when he was four weeks oh my um yeah so I bled for like 10 weeks and I had like barely a tear but it was enough for them to do like a little stitch but yeah so that was postpartum with him and then I went to I went back to work at like eight weeks and didn't stop bleeding till like ten weeks. And oh gosh, yeah, that's that's rough. And and to go back to your birth, I have a few a few questions and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, so there was a midwife there, but another midwife was supposed to be on the way, or was there a nurse there and your midwife didn't make it because you said she was like an hour away? Right. So there were there they required for there to be two midwives mm-hmm. there. So there was a midwife on call 
And then um, they called the other, she had yeah. to call the other midwife to get there. Right. So she didn't get there till after I was, after I gave birth. And I think even after the placenta came out, I don't remember what time she got there. So, um, so when that midwife got there, um, I forget, I said, probably said something like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Cause I didn't like, I didn't psych myself up for a bad birth or labor. I didn't psych myself down for a good labor. I just was like, whatever happens, happens. And so I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad or something along those lines. And she's like, yeah, next is a home birth. So uh, right when she said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good idea. So ever since then I had started thinking about a home birth. <laughs> Interesting. My other yeah. question, or I've got a question and then a comment. So my other question was, did your mom make it? No, she did not. She didn't get there till after uh, I gave birth, which come to find out was fine because she didn't want to be there. Oh. She didn't want to see her baby in agony kind of thing. <laughs> That's funny. So it worked but out. she didn't tell me all this ahead of time. <laughs> and then my final like kind of comment or thought um, was, it's kind of twofold. So you had this a video that's like talking about birth being so painful, you know, like you have it in your mind somewhere in the back of there that like, yeah, birth is painful. And then your midwife, I'm sure like with the nicest of intentions saying like, all right, next is the ring of fire. Like, like right. Right. psyching you up for this like painful experience. Do you think right. that that had any type of influence on the fact that you said like it would start to happen and then you'd like hold back and then it would start to happen and then you'd hold back like was that an influence yeah so I mean I think just yes absolutely um I mean I lived by the words that that teacher or that instructor said about it's not it's pain you've never felt before Mm -hmm. and um and you know society like yeah everybody's like screaming their heads off and the worst pain in their entire lives and all those things. So yes, I absolutely think that my mindset was what affected the pain level. That's very interesting. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, of course it doesn't seem like this, especially the midwife was out to cause pain, but it's just like, okay, let's maybe not implant the concept of pain right before you experience something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, so your first birth though, goes relatively well, I would say like, would you agree? Yes. I, I loved it. I mean, even though I considered it painful, like I would look back at it as such a beautiful thing. I Mm. loved, loved it so much. (laughs) I, I love to hear that. So then, so we have baby number one, you get through postpartum what happens with baby number two and what was that timeline so I um so I had ever since that midwife said about a home birth I was like not that I had never thought of it because my mom had always said she wanted a home birth but my dad was too scared (laughs) and so it was in my mind but I never really considered it um so when the midwife said that I was like oh that's yeah good point she was like, then you, cause that she said, then you can just stay home. It's the same thing. You're just at home. You don't have to leave. So I was like, oh, of course. So, um, so throughout my postpartum, I, between the two, I had always planned that my next one was going to be a home birth. 
not like out loud, but in my head. <laughs> and so, um, so we started trying around his second birthday and, um, or we, yeah, we got pregnant like right after his second birthday. And right when we found out that we were pregnant, I told my husband that I, and I had like throughout these two years, I had allude to the idea of home birth and said that it would be so nice and like all those things but I never was like I want a home birth so I think he had an idea but he also like didn't at the same time Mm -hmm. so then I told him that I wanted to have a home birth and I had already like looked up all these uh midwives around us because um those midwives that I had seen before I couldn't use them for a home birth So um, I had found the midwives that I wanted to use. And then I came to him and was like, hey, I went home birth. And he was kind of iffy. He was like, you know, we have to pay out of pocket. And um, what if something goes wrong? And all those kind of things. So I was like, well, let's do an interview. He he agreed to doing an interview with the midwife. and, um, And then he would decide. So, of course, we did the interview with the midwives and they were awesome and told him everything he needed to know to be comfortable with it um so we met with the midwives so this was when corona stuff had all just started so the meeting was over zoom and um so we met with them and he asked all the questions and they answered all the questions and of course as you know they answer them in a way that comforts the husband and me even, um, even though I wasn't like questioning at it at all, there was things that I like didn't think of that I was like, oh wow, yeah, that that makes this even better. <laughs> um, so while we were interviewing them, I said um, I asked them about like a due date type thing because I was two weeks late with my son, and so I was like, I want to get an ultrasound to find out how far along I am that way um I don't have the potential of going late as well I mean as high of a potential so um they said that because they are not connected to a hospital they actually didn't have to follow that 34 week I mean uh 42 week role of you have to be induced when you get to 30 uh 42 weeks so that in and of itself made me feel so much better and even more willing to have home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did go and get a, an ultrasound and I was actually two weeks. So because I was two weeks late with my son, I knew like I had looked back at when I knew that I conceived and it was like to the date 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. So I figured that we had just gotten the date wrong. So I knew that my cycle was probably longer than um, what, you know, the average is. So I kind of added two weeks to my, what I considered would have been my um, due date. And then we went and they added even, so I was, I thought I was six weeks and I went and they said I was four weeks. And Mm -hmm. that was like, if you went off of my average, I probably would have been eight weeks, but, oh, wow. So I don't really know when I conceived. (laughs) I have no idea because I was still breastfeeding. So I didn't have a regular cycle. I was trying to track things. We were just like, you know, 
trying all the time <laughs> instead of tracking. Um, so, um, uh, so yeah, because of the shutdown, I, I had planned on stopping, like not working after I had a baby, but I worked at a salon and then everything shut down and salons were one of the things that shut down. So it actually worked out because I don't think I could have worked. I was so sick. I was really sick with my son, but I never threw up and I lost 10 pounds. I threw up so much with my daughter Gosh. and um, I was so sick all the time and, you know, having to take care of a toddler and being so sick and, um, and so, and with my, first pregnancy me and my husband didn't live together so I was kind of excited to see how he would be while I was pregnant because I never really got to experience that before since we didn't live together um and he was amazing like I could not have even imagined him better than he was he literally waited on me hand and foot he made sure I had water at all times and if he was home, he was on kid duty and I was in bed relaxing and um, he couldn't, he can't cook. So we went to my mom's every night to eat because I could not cook. Everything made me nauseous. Like I, it was, yeah. So he was amazing. I felt horrible. Um, and so one thing that I did was I, so I still hadn't weaned him from nursing and I wasn't in any rush to wean him from nursing. And then at one of my appointments, my midwife, so at this midwife's office, they had three midwives that are on call. Mm -hmm. um, and so two would come. So it was a much smaller uh, group, which I liked because then I actually got to meet them all and kind of get to know them better. Right. And um, so at one of my appointments, she asked if I was planning on nursing after the baby came and I was like yeah just because you know I don't want to have when he weans he weans kind of thing and then she told me like the benefits of tandem feeding and how they get connected better and all those types mm -hmm. of things so I was like oh yeah I'm definitely gonna keep nursing him <laughs> mm -hmm. and um so my son was obsessed with my stomach the whole time he was so excited for her um and so like I said, I didn't do any type of research with my, with his pregnancy. And um, so I decided that I was going to actually do some sort of research with this pregnancy. So I just decided to look up a podcast and found your podcast. And so I think I started listening to that in like June and, um, and that, I mean, the podcast is the best resource. I mean, I learned so so much. I bought all the books that everybody was recommended, recommending. I followed all the Instagrams and I joined the Facebook group, which was even more of a great resource. And, um, and then, so I wanted to do Happy Home Birth Academy, but at the time, cause I was catching up on all the, uh, all of the podcasts. So by the time I had heard about it, it wasn't like you weren't you didn't have a listed for sale at that moment so I um waited and then once I could I did the I purchased that Happy Home Birth Academy 
but I wanted to do it with my husband. So like we just waited till whenever was a good time for us to start doing it. And then, um, so that was like my third trimester. And so things that happened in my third trimester, my baby was breached. Um, but it was very early in my third trimester. So she wasn't, my midwife wasn't worried about it. I wasn't worried about it. Um, she told me to just like comfort the baby, tell her it's okay. And um, she said that sometimes when the babies are breached in third trimester, that it's because they want to get close to your heart because um, of so sometimes like if you're emotional, like if something's wrong or something like that, the baby wants to get close to your heart. So that's why they get breached. So she's like, just tell her it's okay. And so she can go head down, like all those kind of things. But I'm not like a talk to my baby in my tummy kind of person. So I never did that. <laughs> um, so then I also ended up um, having gestational diabetes, which we were all very surprised at because I didn't have any signs that I was going to be. Um, and that was super hard for me. Um, they recommended that I go see a dietitian, but I had read Lily Nicholson's book. And um, so I kind of just, I ordered her gestational diabetes one. And I just asked if I could track my own uh, temp or uh, what's it called? Blood sugar? Blood, yeah, blood sugar. <laughs> and, um, so they said yes, so I did, but it was so stressful. Uh, I don't know why, I was just always had to be thinking about it, thinking about what food I was gonna eat and, oh yeah, it's time to track, track. Oh yeah, it's time to track. And um, so that was very hard on me and stressful for me. And um, so then when we did start Happy Home Birth Academy, I skipped the nutrition part because I was just so over food. <laughs> like I could not think about food anymore. I just was, at, I had gotten to the point where I figured out kind of what foods were um, best for me. So I um, just asked if I could stop tracking my numbers because it was really stressing me out and not putting my mind at, in a good place. Right. And so, um, so she was like, that's fine. As long as she was like, just track like two or three times a week. That way we know you're not like skyrocketing. And so, um, and so, and this was after I had like figured out all the foods that I knew that were triggering. So I just stayed away from those. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that helped a ton, not tracking all the time helped so much. Yeah. Um, so then it was, I think I was like 35 weeks and the baby was still breached. So they recommended going, I was seeing a chiropractor at this point, but she wasn't, um, what's Webster certified? Is that what mm -hmm. it is? Yep. Webster certified. Yeah. Yeah. So they recommended one that was, and so I went to her and, um, and then they also recommended like spinning baby positions to do, but I had heartburn so bad. I could not do anything that May, had me upside down or leaning over or my head below like even looking down like mm -hmm. made heartburn horrible so I couldn't do any of those things but I went and saw the chiropractor and then um that night I uh actually felt read in one of my essential oils books that if you put peppermint on the top, top of your stomach that that can uh have the baby flip so I did put a drop of peppermint on the top, top of my stomach 
And then I did like lean over and do a spinning baby move, just like my knees up and or my uh, butt up in the air and hands head down on the ground kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down on the couch and had a horrible, horrible, hard cramp. And um, like my husband needed to help me out of bed kind of thing. And so I, so I assumed that maybe that was the baby flipping. And so at my next appointment, she had flipped. And um, so, yeah, I was already um, uh, and the only thing was my mom. So my first labor kind of followed my mom's first labor. So I figured that I was just going to follow all of her labors and her labors got harder and longer each time. So I was just assuming that mine was going to be longer each time Mm -hmm. and so um so when so then uh yeah so baby was flipped and then um I was due like uh, December 4th or something like that so yeah on November uh 22nd it was the middle of the night and my son came in the room which every he did was started to do that around that time and I would just put him back in the bed but um at that like that night I was just too tired I couldn't do it I didn't I just let him sleep in bed and I fell asleep and then um at like 2 30 as soon as I started to fall asleep I felt a pop in my stomach and I was like oh was that the baby kicking and then I felt a gush of water in between my legs so I was like oh no that's my water breaking So, um, so I decided to stand up and go to the bathroom. I put a towel between my legs and then I felt the gush and I was like, okay, I don't want to wake my husband up because it's the middle of the night. I know we just need to rest, but the house was a mess. Every, like leading up to this, every other night we cleaned up before we went to bed just in case something happened. But of course this night we didn't and it was a mess. And so um, I was, I knew I had to wake him up so we could start cleaning. So I did, and I told him my water broke and he jumped awake and he started cleaning and I went in the bathroom and put a diaper on and texted my midwife and let her know that my water broke. Um, and I would, that I would let her know that I would call her if anything picked up. And then, so. I lay back in bed and I'm trying to fall, I, cause I wanted to relax or sleep. And Zeke woke up because he knew, like he heard everything that was going on. And so at this time he kept saying, like his thing was green, which meant like a green monkey. And so he asked if green broke my water and come to find out green was baby Yoda. <laughs> so yeah. kind of funny to think of. So he thought that baby Yoda broke my water. Um, but I let him know that it just meant that the baby was coming. And so um, I decided to call my midwife and let her know that what was going on, even though I hadn't really felt anything yet. And so she just told me to let her know when things started happening. So um, at like three o'clock, I started to feel what I thought might be trackable. Like I started to feel cramping. So I was like, okay, I'll let this go for a little bit. If I feel like there's some sort of pattern, I'll start to track. So half an hour later, it felt like there was, I started tracking them and they were two to three minutes apart. 
um, lasting like 30 to 50 seconds. Um, and so I texted her that I tracked them for like half an hour and then texted her my, uh, contractions. Andrew was cleaning nonstop this whole time. And Zeke was so cute. He was just by my side, making sure I was okay, talking to me, asking me questions. And I was telling him what was happening. Um, so then my midwife told me to track for another 20 minutes and then let her know. So I did. And they were still like, uh, 20 or like, you know, close together and 30 to 50 seconds. And, um, but I could still talk through them and I was just leaning over and moaning deeply and calmly. And my husband would come over and massage my back where I needed. And, um, and so then I think I tracked for like three, two hours and then the midwife said, okay, I'm on the way. So she came and I will say, um, in Happy Hope Home Birth Academy, you have us do worksheets to prepare each other. And that helped so much. My husband did exactly what I needed him to do. And, um, like it was such a wonderful connection for us to both like, I felt like we were giving birth, not just me. And it was awesome. Mm, and um, so my midwife, so we started filling up the tub and, um, and as soon as I got in the water, my midwife got there and I started to feel pushy. And so she just told me to do what I felt like I needed to do. I was throwing up a ton and um, which I hadn't done with my son. And, um, then I put my hands down to check, like just to feel things, which I never thought I would ever do. And for some reason, I thought that I felt a cervical lift. So I started screaming that I feel my cervix. Oh my gosh, I can't push yet. I have, I feel my cervix. So I had her check and she was like, no, I, I just feel head. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So, um, so I started pushing on my back and then she recommended that I flip over on my stomach. So I did. And then I start to push, like, I felt like I was going to push and she was going to come right out. And she, my midwife was like, take it slow. That way your body can work at it and um, open up slowly. So I did on that contraction, but then the next contraction, I couldn't do it anymore. And so I just pushed and she came right out. And my husband actually caught her, which he never had planned on doing. And it was amazing. And so she put me, I took her and um, yeah, that was, it was amazing. Wow. So that's really neat. Did your midwife encourage your husband to come over and catch or was he just there and kind of knew like, all right, I, I should just step in. What, what happened with that? Yeah, I think he was at my head. I know when I was on my back, he was up at my head, but then when I flipped over, I don't really know where he was. I think he was still at my head, but then yeah, she, she asked him, maybe she asked him to come look. I don't know. I know at the point that I was like pushing him out, her out that she said, do you want to catch him? Her. And so he did. So special. <laughs> yes. It was awesome. Oh gosh, Frankie. So you know, you had this first birth that was amazing and your second one, I mean, how did you feel about this home birth experience? Oh, it was awesome. And like I said, I thought my births were going to get longer. 
my first one was like six hours. This one was three and a half hours. So wow. So <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you were wrong about the seven centimeters in walking around and you were wrong about your birth times. Those are both two yes. perfectly fine things to be wrong about. <laughs> Yeah. And the cervical lip. Like, I don't yep. know what, like the things that are in your head when you're in labor. Yep. <laughs> you never know what like weird little thing you're just going to like <laughs> obsess or focus on. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is so incredible, Frankie. And I mean, both of your, yeah, both of your births were just so beautiful. I'm so happy to hear that you and your husband were able to work so well together, you know, not just during your labor, but throughout your pregnancy, you know, he just knew what you needed and was able to provide that to you. And I just feel like something as powerful and intense as pregnancy and labor has that magnetic ability to either pull together or repel. And the difference is, you know, how we face it together and how we work together. So, hearing how it was able to pull you together even more is just, oh, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And I forgot to mention the, um, speaking of mindset, like we talked about with my son, um, around the time that I was, uh, going to be due is when you focused on mindset in your, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook group. And that totally helped me out. I mean, I, and you did mention it in your, uh, academy as well, but I mm -hmm. think I saw it in the Facebook group before that. Um, but I mean, my mindset was, I did, I was like, as I was getting ready to push, I kind of like psyched myself out for a second and said, oh no, this hurts. But as soon as I said that, I was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I knew it didn't, but like, that's just like what came out. And then mm -hmm. after she came out, I was like, that didn't hurt. <laughs> that was not painful. That was, I mean, it's hard, obviously but it wasn't painful and it was awesome. And my postpartum recovery um, physically was amazing. I didn't tear. I was able to stand up and walk to the bathroom wow. like with no problem. Whereas before with him, I could not even breathe when I stood up, I had to catch my breath. Mm. And I think it just has so much to do with like walking from the living room to your bed, rather from the hospital to your car, from the car right. to the, down to the basement, you know? <laughs> It was awesome. Oh gosh, I am so glad. Frankie, it has been such a pleasure to hear your stories today and just to kind of get to watch it unfold and then and then hear about it even more afterwards. So thank you for being such a an asset to our community and thank you for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you. What an amazing story. I love getting to follow back up with graduates of Happy Home Birth Academy, so this was such a special interview for me. As we head into this week's episode roundup, a few points really caught my eye. Number one, I loved Frankie's discussion of placenta encapsulation. I feel like it's such a perfect example of the crunchy lifestyle and even the home birth experience. When you hear about it for the first time, you can have a knee-jerk reaction of, oh my gosh, no. And then it grows on you. And suddenly you're asking for the placenta girl's info or for that midwife's number. Sometimes it can be hard to release the mainstream point of view, but then, oh man, the other side is just so enjoyable and can be so helpful. Number two, let's talk about labor thoughts. Frankie shared with us some of the very specific thoughts that she had that turned out not to be true. I'm seven centimeters, which means I'm going to have to walk the parking lot. I definitely have a cervical lip. 
I imagine so many of you can relate to this. You feel something certainly in your bones and labor that is, come to find out, pretty off base. I was confident that I had a shoulder dystocia with my first daughter and that my midwife had to reach her arm up inside to pull her out. That was decidedly not true. <laughs> Remember to approach these things gently and with a sense of humor later. Our brains are in a whole different place in labor and they're doing their best. It can be somewhat amusing to look back and think of the interesting jumps they made while navigating labor. And number three, I want to bring up how well Frankie and her husband worked together. They took the time to prepare with one another inside of Happy Home Birth Academy, which is certainly my recommendation to have your husband involved with childbirth education. And the pregnancy was theirs together. What a beautiful, critical outlook that can magnetize you to one another. Finally, let's end where we began. Words matter. And even more, mindset is so important. Frankie had endured a fear-mongering hospital birth class that ensured her of the deep pain she would experience during labor, and her midwife discussed the pain of the ring of fire right before she experienced it. Because Frankie hadn't yet tapped into the power of her mindset, these words were highly influential on her experience. Now, I do believe the good news is that once your mindset is fixed and prepared, those words can bounce off you much easier. But still, the preference is certainly positive words combined with a fortified positive mindset. If this sounds good for you, make sure you check out Happy Home Birth Academy. All right, my friends, that is all that I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.